0: I'm at the Red House with Haiti Thompson, and thank you for coming over. Hi. (laughs) So we have a lot to tell And what's your dog's name? Uh,
1: This is Poppy. Very, very distracting. (laughs) We don't want to... Sorry. She's rather a puppy, so... um, But I'm afraid to let her run loose in the house, because she might knock over the camera or something. Gotcha. But she'll calm down in a minute. She's just... Well,
0: we wouldn't want to not introduce her. Super
1: cute, though. She
0: is super cute. Just a little Crazy.
1: Poppy. Poppy. Hey girl.
0: Hey.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was a mistake. <laughs> I could put her in the car. <laughs> no, this is great. Okay. This is
0: gonna be great. Uh Ian Butera brought his his, oh, his yeah. girl over. So so we're gonna talk about a few things, but we might as well start with the major thing. Okay. Um let's talk a bit about full moon festival. Let's see. Let's just start with where it started. Like, where did this thing come from?
1: Um, Well, uh, Tessa Everton and I uh, have a history of putting on Art Marts uh, through what used to be the Warehouse Art Hotel. Uh, Now we're in a new location, the West Salem Art Hotel, and thinking about um, how we can kind of bring Art Mart back, but with a new... Uh, you know, just turn a new page with it. And, um, Lindsay Potter, um, joined the team and the three of us, uh, just started having weekly meetings about what was possible, you know, before we even came up with a name. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the idea is to, um, you know, involve as many artists and musicians and vendors and foodies and everything and have a sort of small version of a festival that maybe in the future we might extend for, you know, another day or another night. So we'd have, instead of just a six-hour festival, next time we might have a a two-day festival, you know. Yeah. Um, But bringing in the community and sort of a, like, Hey, we're here, uh, West Salem, and come and enjoy this. Uh, It's for all of us. And uh, also bringing in collaborations with the West Salem Public House and Apple and Green Farm. And um, I'm right there on the corner of Green and Albert Street, which is right next door to the public house Mm -hmm. and abutted to the, the farm. Gotcha. So
0: that's uh, the form behind public health. mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So
1: just wanting an excuse really to, you know, pull in those collaborations and, you know, work together and see how it goes. And, um, yeah. So I think that if I answered your question, you did. (laughs) That's,
0: that's the origin story. So, yeah. We're obviously lacking in festivals or whatever, and there's the occasional small art market or something that might go on, right. smaller events. But, yeah, I mean, since, I mean, pretty much, this has not been talked about yet in 30-something episodes of the show, but since FuzzFest isn't around, it oh, we, we don't have, like, a major art festival yeah. that goes on, it feels like.
1: Well, there is um, Ardmore Art Walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these are similar things. Uh, the craft shows that they have... Um, I think visually and in essence would be similar to what we're doing, except we're adding, um, a, a music element, uh, a performance art element, um, and, you know, some, so it's not strictly the vendors, um, you know, we're still adding things like, um, we want to have a, uh, a children's rave, that <laughs> we, we just started talking about this cuz there's a a little grassy knoll if you will and i'm getting a we're getting a, a canvas lodge is what they call it mm-hmm. um like a teepee shaped canvas lodge and uh want to hand out maybe glow sticks and ride at dark kind of play some rave music for the kids to dance before yeah. they have to go home you know um also yeah part of this too was to make it very family friendly you know and and uh fun for everyone Yeah. Friendly, so and the fact that part of it takes place in the daytime and part of it takes place in the evening um kind of allows for all you know walks to sort of engage at the time of day that they're most, um, present, you know, or want to engage. So if you're a nighty night owl, you know, come around eight o'clock.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, if you want to just afternoon after your lunch and after you take your nap on Saturday, wake up and meander around, I think we're going to have, 33 vendors of art and uh, crafts and workshops and demonstrations. And uh, another thing for the children we're having is uh, the UNCSA Community Music School Mm. is coming out to give demonstrations. I don't know yet what instrument they're going to focus on, but imagine it were a cello. And I've witnessed this before where you have Uh, children sitting in front of you with an instrument that they haven't ever heard for the first time or on a personal level seen played for them just singularly Mm -hmm. you know and how magical and inspiring that can be so I'm really excited about that um reverie drums also is giving a demonstration that's Um, cool yeah so I'm excited about that and then the workshops um from their booths um We have a lot of things going on. Uh, Mixer is doing some sort of... I'm going to get this wrong. But if you go to the website and click on... It'll have the description of what they're doing. But you carve something, and then there on site, they're going to pour hot, molten metal into your your form that you've carved Mm -hmm. and then give you that piece to take home with you as a memento. Oh, that's cool. And they have something called the poofer, which gosh, Alan Shelton, I love you. Um, (laughs) you, I guess every time a a valid credit card interaction has been made, um, they have a machine that shoots fire into the air. (laughs) (laughs) so i just want to get all the insurance ducks in a row but um yeah yeah, he's being given a little bit of extra space at his booth for sure i see um village fabrics is doing a natural dye uh, workshop as well um i know i'm missing a bunch of things but anyway
0: Man, yeah, yeah. that sounds like a lot of variety. You guys thought about a lot of different stuff. Yeah,
1: and we kind of wanted it to be um, arts and agriculture, and you know, we probably have less agriculture than I want than we wanted to have, Um, but well, because it's the harvest moon, right? So it's uh, the harvest moon is the date that we're, is the full moon of September 10th. I see. So it just made sense. And because much of the festival will be taking place in and around Apple and Green Farm, you know. Um, But uh, we have found, strangely, or maybe this was intentional, a lot of our artisans are... uh, sort of nature-based, you know? So they're creating things um, out of wools that they've harvested or, you know, um, the natural dye. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then these beautiful embroidered, you know, mushrooms. And I don't know. It's it's very sweet. I think it's a wholesome um, festival, (laughs) you know? Um, And... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Well, yeah, you answered one. You answered two of my questions. Mm-hmm. One being just to make a point of mentioning the date and and also why the name. Uh, so it's, uh, it's in the full moon of of the harvest moon, or right. whatever.
1: And we found that there are many full moon festivals. Obviously, I oh. think uh, Raylan may have just had one. You know, and our screen printer got confused. And said something in her email of like, I love axe throwing. <laughs> and we were like, axe throwing? <laughs> what? We don't have axe throwing. <laughs> and looked it up. And Raylan's Full Moon Festival, they had I axe throwing. I was like, that's a great idea. We should have had axe throwing.
0: You could have got them guys over there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know, right. What, what is that place called? Um,
0: I don't know what but it's called. Okay. But...
1: I, we know that.
0: Yeah, in the like
1: bar where they have axe throwing (laughs) near Earls. Just yeah, crazy. Yeah, Um, fun. (laughs) Anyway, um, but the why the full moon festival to that point. Um, So all of the art marts that we had done in the past, we intentionally um, chose a full moon to enact them. For me, it's, uh, purely logical. It, you look for a full moon that takes place on a Saturday and it usually worked out to be, you know, right before Christmas or, you know, so we have a sort of Christmas art mart or, um, but it also, you know, it gives you a goal that you've set and then you can kind of, uh, to sound a little new agey, um, you work with, you know, the waxing of the moon to get your everything accomplished, you mm-hmm. know, and it just seemed like a natural timeline, a way to, you know, we're all ladies too. We deal with the month to month moon cycles, if you will. So it just made sense. And in this case, it was kind of a no brainer. When the full moon and the next time Saturday and the amount of time that would take to put on something Mm -hmm. this big or it, it, the timeline allows you to know how big you're going to do it as well as the space. And so, yeah, it's always been a thing. And you know, there are 12 full moons in a year and that also allows you a little um, room to play with for future, you know, festivals. Right. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tons of, tons of.
1: And great graphics come with that. Uh-huh. You know, full moons. It's very easy to design around uh, the imagery.
0: Well, and romantic. Well, yeah, offering things. an observation exactly about that, the romance of it. It's like yeah. it seems to be a nice symbol of the balance, of the relationship between. Like aesthetics like art and mm-hmm. agriculture, yeah, like it it relates to both of those things, mm-hmm. and that 's what I wanted to ask you about, so or that 's what I want to ask you about so uh, doing this podcast, I have talked to a lot of artists who seem to have had this nature side of them born within the last couple of years. Uh, that seems to be like a movement almost that we 're experiencing socially. Mm. I'm wondering what your perspective is on that, like this interesting relationship that you guys landed on with art and agriculture being a part of this event.
1: Uh, Well, like I said, we were inspired by what kind of moon it was in this case in particular. Um, I can't exactly speak on what you've noticed necessarily. Mm. That's something I need to process and think about for a second. Um, But the fact that it was the Harvest Moon, the fact that at the Art Hotel we're literally waking up to um, roosters. Right. You know, we're three minutes away from downtown, but I feel like I'm in the country, you know. Um, And I personally, I love the. I mean, there's so many different kinds of artists and so many different uh, mediums in which they work. Um, I am one of those kids that would wander into the forest and make a doll out of sticks, Mm. you know, as a kid. Um, And I still feel that way today, except instead of the woods, I'm looking at, you know, maybe items that people have forgotten about or thrown away or, you know, um, reusing things. A lot of the hotel, I'm collecting things that I can build uh, other beautiful objects with that, you know, otherwise would be in um, a landfill or something. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say is that... uh, leave it to an artist to be creative (laughs) and use the things around them to create something beautiful. Um, and, you know, consider nature. And I think the times have changed and I think we are more aware of what we use and what we discard. And, um, we think deeply about the material that we use to make art. Um, and in this case of the festival, I have noticed that um, many of the artists vendors that will be there uh, consider that and yeah. um, and I think it makes for the longevity of a of an object or an item that was made with that care and thought and love to be of Particular value for generations. Mm -hmm. Like I think of my grandmother handing me something that her grandmother made with her hands, you know. And there seems to be a lot of that in this festival—a sort of heirloomy,
0: yeah. You know, it's exactly the word that was in my head. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I don't know if heirloomy is a word, but we, (laughs) you know, Um, but yeah, and. I'm, I don't know if we veered off of your question or. Oh, I think I've that's pretty on spot. Traveled down a rabbit hole with it.
0: But. Which rabbit holes are more than welcome, but I <laughs> I do see some similarity between something like the process of agriculture and I mean the mm-hmm. word heirloom is throughout mm-hmm. agriculture a lot and um, that having stuff in common with the idea of the value of of not just art, but things like mm-hmm. lasting. Yeah. That's what we're doing with agriculture too is right. figuring out ways to make food last, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like reproduce and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally see the overlap you're yeah. describing. So what I'd like to do, if you'll humor me, <laughs> okay. I'd like to go back to like the earliest, the deepest roots of this festival, which is kind of your experience in the community. Mm. Um, so if you if you will humor me in kind of going through some of your bio and leading up to what led us to this festival, is that something you'd be down with?
1: Yeah. Um, kind of like uh, my connection with Winston. Yeah. Or sort like, of how that...
0: So, know. I mean, you're obviously part of what a lot of us think of as like this this thing that happened in Winston around crankies and oh, stuff.
1: The warehouse.
0: Yeah. The warehouse that ended up kind of, uh, it played a big role in the development of the larger art community yeah. for a lot of us.
1: Okay, well, how I kind of got involved with, okay. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> like, how far do you want to go? Um, I will say, okay, I'll, I'll make a long story short. Okay. <clears throat> um, so... My grandmother was born here, my dad was born here, but uh, they moved and lived around the world. Um, We all as a family grew up, or I did, in Arlington, Virginia, in Washington, D.C., Okay. and around the matriarch of my family, which was my grandmother, Nanny, who would talk to me about Winston-Salem all growing up. And me being selfish, know-it-all, precocious kid, I would be like yeah yeah I know where the witches were burned wherever like (laughs) Uh you know I didn't I just didn't really you know my bubble was where I was and uh, until I was looking at schools to um, go to study drama and one of the top drama schools happened to be in Winston-Salem at UNCSA back then it was NCSA and it so happened that she was retiring at the same the same year that I was going to college, mm. and her plan was to move back to winston-Salem to kind of finish this circle, you know, mm-hmm. and this is where her roots were, and she was born in a house, and you know uh grand- my grandfather was great grandfather was the first um, chief of police in Winston State, like all of these, she had, she went to Reynolds High School and I wanted to go to a top drama school and I happened to get in. So what ended up happening is we became roommates, (laughs) you know? Fun. And yeah. And, uh, she really, for the first time, you know, we would drive around and she'd point to these houses that my family that I never met before because they had passed, my ancestors, um, and their whole stories. And for the first time, I really felt like I had roots, you know, because my mother's British, everyone's over there. Uh, As soon as Nanny left DC area, everyone moved away. Um, We, I moved around a lot as a kid. So I f- like, wow, I have these roots. And I started to hang out. Uh, I finished my first year at School of the Arts. And then my sophomore year, I finished at School of the Arts. And I got into this band and Squatweiler. <laughs> and I really wanted to uh, take a year off of school also to get my in-state residency. So I didn't mm-hmm. have to pay as much. Sorry. Yeah. And um, so I took a year off, and I ended up touring with my band and making connections locally that I otherwise wouldn't have made because School of the Arts is very insular. Right. So, and they don't really let you participate in anything extracurricular outside and part of Winston, or at least when I was there. So I immediately like tapped into the art scene, as it was, which was at the time music based, you know, it was strong in the music scene, um, and punk mostly, Mm. you know, and we had a very popular band. I went back, I finished my junior year. I finished my senior year. I graduated. I moved to New York because that's what you do. I got on a Broadway national tour of guys and dolls, um, then nine eleven happened. happened. Uh, I jumped the gun a little bit. But uh, I am furiously trying to make art with people in New York City, being in bands, and I was having a really hard time finding people that kind of didn't have an agenda, that just made art amongst friends for art's sake. Right. And at the same time, I'm on the phone with... My friends at the warehouse, who I had hung out with before I graduated, so this like early '90s or mid '90s
0: and mind if I ask mm-hmm. what was the warehouse at that point?
1: So the warehouse was uh, an abandoned building in an abandoned downtown in a dying tobacco city that uh, I mean back in the day it was a desert. Mm. There was nothing there. And my friends wanted to practice music. They were trying to play in a, in the suburbs, you know, at somebody's mom's house or somebody's house, and kept getting the cops called on them. They're like, let's sneak around. They broke into the warehouse. It had electricity. And they, you know, had band practices in there. They found out who owned it. They, you know, put on a tie and went and, you know, bought the building (laughs) and from that point on, you know, and then it just turned into this Mecca of um, music and shows and art and creative thinking and free freedom. And, you know, it was just, if you felt like you wanted to have a parade about soccer, Mm. you know, you made all the costumes and floats and did a parade downtown, with the theme of soccer, but no one was there to see it, you know, but yeah, you just, you felt like you had this whole urban spelunking landscape of, you know, possibilities and, and that came out in the art we made. And so, yeah, by the time I came back into the warehouse, it was organized a little bit.
0: And so you're, I say that lightly. (laughs) So you're in New York, you were mm -hmm. talking to people yeah. Uh, about what was, was going on I was working
1: Winston. for David Byrne, too. Mm. So I, I got this job as a personal assistant for David Byrne. So I was also meeting some incredible artists and things, but the job was kind of like taking care of the details of his life and their family's life, um, and then I had to take care of my details, and then there was little time to actually, like, do the things that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know. Um. And I was doing that for about four years. This was toward you know and then the the millennial and then and then September eleventh happened, and I was just like, "Do I stay or do I go?" Everybody had a headache, you know, and then you had the anthrax i mean just like a stress every everybody it was just so stressful and at the same time, I'm on the phone with my friends at the warehouse who are like. And all these bands and they're la- having a, f- you know, the, the dream, you know, mm-hmm. when you're struggling in New York for all those years, you're just like, oh, to go back there, you know, just pack it up and give this a shot. Um, and that's what I did. I think, I think in 2003, uh, 2002, maybe October of 2002, um, moved back to Winston-Salem mm. and pretty much exclusively hung out at the warehouse. And then we planned the um, the Grease Bus Tour. You know about that? Mm-hmm. So there was this, we had a, we ran on vegetable oil and we had 14 acts on the bus and we toured for two months and um, kind of a guerrilla style where we just walk into a North Dakota bar and start playing music and <laughs> you know hope for the best
0: yeah (laughs) a lot of times there's like a there's a really cool documentary
1: uh, made by frank eaton it's on i put it in i broke it into episodes on youtube so uh, it's called invisible states um which is also the name of like my solo project that i've had forever so he liked the name he took it there's no like this isn't about me at all he's just like this is a great name um but i put it in uh, episodes. It starts with a Philip K. Dick quote every episode, and then, um, yeah, but it's beautifully shot. It's this sort of like the last bastion of just, at least for me, of just absolute horror and freedom and <laughs> and hilarity. You know, it was yeah. is kind of cool to have that experience, but over. The years, you know, people grew up. the the uh, the town, the innovation quarter bloomed, you know. And this is something that I filmed out of the warehouse window for years. I have a time lapse of like all the buildings being refurbished, and the, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I haven't released it. I'm just kind of like I want to finish it. Yeah. And all the telephone poles being plucked out of the ground and. Um, but that happened you know things get a little more tricky when you're dealing with um regula- new you know new regulations and higher property taxes and I can't speak on I didn't own the building but it put a lot of pressure on uh that building to upfit and to fit in with like we could no longer be this renegade like mess. Yeah. Beautiful mess. Like it had to be um somehow legitimized. Um so uh to the end, um crankies came out of that. Um a we still were having shows. I mean, we had amazing shows. We had Cat Power play there, Melt Banana, like Friends Forever. I'm trying, you know, just these... Bonnie Prince Billy. um, You know, I know I'm missing hundreds of well-known acts, but it was on the tour of these alternative, Devendra Bandhart, you know, like, of people that um, really cool and I don't want to take that for granted. Like I was a part, like I saw these, I was able to, and I wasn't even, didn't even have to live in New York, you know? Yeah. So that was really cool. And I think it brought in like a lot of people too, to um, see things that they would not normally see in Winston-Salem, you know, real art. And um, so, that's kind of where the art hotel bloomed out of originally mm. was to continue to have a place uh, as possible as could be that would inter- would bring in experiences and artists from outside in as well as... Uh, but in this case, it's kind of flipped. It's kind of cool because what we're doing now is bringing people from outside to see the local art. You know what mm. I mean? Whereas before the locals would come to see outside art. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to get established enough in the future to be able to bring in outside artists to um, uh, inspire local artists and, you know, have residencies. And mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the dream. So yeah, I mean, um and then so I I spent about almost 20 years at the warehouse. Yeah. And saw the whole you know, beginning, middle, end as far as my narrative, my story. Um it's still going on though, so you know, it's surviving. Um I think they finally got rights to the parking lot from the railroad finally. Oh so yeah.
0: Interesting. So
1: good things are happening over there, I guess. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean of course, uh good good things are happening. And we don't we don't even need to talk about this necessarily. It's just that yeah. you know, it's changed a lot. Yeah. For people like me, for and I guess to give you some context about me, crankies yeah. was the first thing that I gravitated to downtown. Mm-hmm. And it was like The first reason I ever actually went downtown as a driving person, as a person who could go around, was uh, a teacher of mine was like introduced us to Mellow Mushroom. I didn't know what Mm it was. (laughs) And and so we went and did that. And I was like, man, I want to go back downtown. And I was hanging out with Matt Alvedo of The Genuine. And we were just like wanting to go downtown places. And we didn't really know where. And he, I think, told me, like, you need to go to Cranky's. That's where Mm -hmm. that's where like people like us are. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. So we went down there and that was all we did for yeah. sort of years was went and did that. We played, I started playing shows there and uh, the shuffle was going on at the time. And so all this mm-hmm. weird shit was happening.
1: Yeah.
0: And it, it was like the first places I knew of were Mellow Mushroom, Aperture, Crankies. And I think at the time Brew Nerds was mm-hmm. on fourth street. So that was pretty much my world until things started to blossom. And of course, a lot of stuff has changed and I'm sure a lot of, we could compare a lot of differences that have, you know, that have been born over the last couple of years. Uh, but to cut to the chase, you're now in this whole world where you're doing, like you're you're able to, it, it, your artistic identity and experiences and all this stuff can exist outside of that space and you can go into the, and now you're in, you're over there at uh, West End, yeah.
1: West Salem. West
0: Salem, right. You're at West Salem Mm -hmm. bringing something new about. Mm -hmm. So that's a very positive thing. So this idea of the art hotel.
1: Well, what's the cut to the chase part?
0: Cutting to what we're doing now. Oh,
1: okay. What we're doing now. (laughs) Because I was going to say, I just want to say that I'm aware that there are so many feelings about crankies and the warehouse and, you know, I have them, everybody has them. But, you know, thing. what I did learn from that experience there is things have to change. Yeah. And, you know, to never take for granted what you do have because um, it could have to go away, mm-hmm. you know. So the stage was taken out and, oh, God, when they banned smoking in there for the first time. I think I shed like a thousand tears upstairs, you know, it's ridiculous. And now it's like a totally normal thing that you just don't smoke inside of a, you know, but that was what I knew as, you know, oh, it's, it's going to be so crappy, shitty, it's going to be different. (laughs) Like, but it just, there has to be an evolution for new stuff to like, Outs the nature, like it has to die for the new sprouts to grow and you know, hopefully there's a new generation that was, you know, somehow inspired by that and not even know it or whatever. And you know, they're doing some cool shit somewhere, hopefully, you know. Yeah. And and the same with me, like knowing that um I don't need the warehouse to continue this mission. The warehouse fertilized the mission you know, definitely. Um, and it, it was a kind of incubator for a lot of cool things. Uh, Camino started in the basement Mm. of the warehouse. Um, Stitch was, you know, in the warehouse. Mm. Um, The art hotels and the way, you know, so it's, it's kind of like, if you think of it as an incubator and yes, sad that the stage is gone, but you know, we have new stages that, you know, and new people that are booking cool bands and anyway, yeah I just wanted to get to that point because there, there has been a lot of angst and sadness over, you know, the loss of something, but I would challenge that it's not lost. Yeah. It's still vibrant.
0: Yeah, I'd like to hope so. Yeah. I as a, it, on the music side of mm-hmm. things, yeah. it's hard to believe that sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's not the fault of crankies at the garage or venues at all. It's more so the fault of the internet and what it like yep. the way that it has changed the way that music is consumed, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's why having live music became less valuable over the last decade or whatever and less profitable for mm-hmm. businesses and mm-hmm. for paying rent. Um, it mm-hmm. might not be the best method for, it obviously is not the best method for keeping your rent paid to have music, but, um, that doesn't do much. <laughs> like it's still you hard know, for, for us who want to do that in person, you know? That's so, good.
1: I mean, I need to hear that. I want, you know, everyone needs to hear that.
0: It's just, it is what it is. its what its Spotify, streaming, Mm -hmm. streaming and YouTube have Mm -hmm. changed a lot of shit for us, you know.
1: I find it challenging also, and I kind of try to meet it in the middle when thinking about programming at the hotel. So, for instance, we started these outdoor art film nights, Mm -hmm. and they're on some Thursdays. Um, And I'll just, like, comb the internet for some weird, cool Shit That artists have made visual art, um, I know this isn 't live music related necessarily, but it 's it 's speaking to uh, that internet thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but like pulling it on a screen, all the little solar tea lights come on, projecting you know some very meditative visually interesting things. But I think my point is that it's, for me, and people I've talked to, snaps you out of that TikTok kind of thing. I do have to, I find myself, I tell people how long the pieces are because of that. Um, I don't want them to be on, like, if it's just something that doesn't, it's not a narrative. It doesn't have a beginning, middle, and end oftentimes. You know, like, how long is this going to last? You get a little anxiety, you know. This is only 12 minutes long, you know, and that relaxes a person like, oh, I can handle 12 minutes, you know, and see this. But it's a, you know, I'm thinking about it in terms of like, how do I get, because I love, you know, I love TikTok and um, Instagram. I'm not so much in the Facebook thing, but um, but I love making little short films about what's coming up, you know, and then garnering some kind of hype behind, mm-hmm. I guess, marketing or whatever. But uh, but having people, and every week it's been more and more people, and so I feel like, oh, there's a need for this. There's a need to, like, step outside of that um, social, have, have an event, and this is kind of like seeing a live band, but having a place to go where you're all together, looking at the same thing. Together, having the same experience mm-hmm. interpreted through your own experience, um, like you would going to see a band, everybody's going to hear it through their own you know experience, and then this is more visual but um, and the same with performance art you know this I just want a space where people can feel comfortable to get together to see um, to see some art, and whether that 's music or But you're right. I mean, now that I think about it, it's been a while since I have. You know, the garage closed down. There's a theater in it now, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not live music, but I went to go see Metamorphosis the other week. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in the garage, like where I've had these experiences before. It was a different artistic experience, but it was live. It was people who had rehearsed and practiced what they were doing and telling a story through this medium. Um, yeah, and I mean, in ways, maybe, you know, it's up to the, I'm a musician too sometimes, but it's up to us to force yourself, you know, maybe maybe it's not at a club, you yeah. know. We used to have shows in people's basements and exactly. garages and, you know, I, backyards. And, yeah. I don't know.
0: I, I, I think... I think to add a little bit to it because I'm not trying to be totally cynical strictly about the internet. I think also what happened mm. was like in I don't know, the 2010s or maybe sooner than that, I think there was a huge eruption of people who recording equipment, recording equipment was cheap, guitars were cheap, uh music was a thing to do. I think there was a time that was like a good a good time where music was ripe, where a lot of people got involved in it. Mm -hmm. And then follow like amidst that there was a time that I'm aware of where people saw it as a easy opportunity to like, uh, to, to become like, I'm going to become a working musician or whatever. And I think for a while there, Mm -hmm. it was just so saturated Mm -hmm. that so many people wanted to do it that like it actually did become less valuable. And I think, I mean that's part of the reason mm-hmm. that I went on a hiatus was like I started to feel like there's no there's no distinction between the there's no distinction between musics anymore or whatever. There's kinda no telling mm. what is cool and what's exciting and what's good and what's like mm-hmm. there there's no value here. There's just a bunch of presence. Mm. Um so I kinda stepped away and and I think I think right now we're still in a time where music just is not the most valuable experience that people can have. I mm-hmm. think I think what you're describing, like, the um, sort of social component of it, mm. I think is kind of more valuable than just being in a place where music is happening. Right. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's not all cynicism, I think.
1: No, this is something. I mean, yeah. These things
0: happen, you know. Yeah. There's times in community, like, for to draw a comparison, there's times in communities where... Graffiti is like super val. like mm-hmm. it's a time for it. When mm-hmm. things are just too rusty and mm-hmm. too fucked up and too dry, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden graffiti becomes really interesting and like mm-hmm. bit, like murals become interesting. Yeah. There's also a time where it's like if you have a mural all over the city, then you're not in desperate need of them. I think we just haven't in, been in desperate need of music for like a while.
1: Right.
0: Hmm. I think we're in desperate need of social interaction and yes things like what you're doing honestly uh things that that create new opportunities for people instead of just like the same old shit they've always done
1: Mm. i still want to like give a big shout out to monster cade who is and the ramcat who are like offering i mean i know Monster Kate has multiple shows a week, mm-hmm. um, and and the Ramcat's still doing. You know, they're as great as programming as they ever have. Oh yeah. Um, but I hear you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I hear you. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, Poppy, pray. <laughs> Good girl, pray. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. You can stop praying now.
0: <laughs> she's so fun.
1: She's a sweetie.
0: And I love ramp cat by the way. And, and, yeah. uh, and, and I'm, and I support monster K too. Yeah. I, I support live music all across the board. Yeah. I just think, you know, some, sometimes it's okay for the e- economics of it all to shift around. It's, it's inevitable.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm, anyway.
0: <laughs> anyway. So back to it. So, uh, cutting yes. to the chase. I want to, understand a little bit more I want to just hear you talk a little bit more about the vision of the art hotel thing like Mm -hmm. what it is and what I don't know like what made you do that
1: okay uh well I sort of touched on that before um what started that was uh everyone had moved out of the warehouse and we had to kind of come up with something to Uh, pay the bills, I guess, but also, you know, really worried about it having to turn into lawyers' offices or high-end apartments or something like that. Mm -hmm. So in need of trying to avoid that, um, you. it was something we had talked about for years, was like, this would be such a cool bed and breakfast or hotel, like... um, Because we had hosted bands for years, you know, and we, we were hosts in that sense. Mm -hmm. And I come from my British side of the family has a bit of that in them, you know, the old bed and breakfasts, you know, Mm -hmm. tea time and and I've stayed in some really nice, uh, nice ones myself. So, I thought I could do it. Uh but when I was it was just going to be like the warehouse hotel or something and it just felt wrong and it was it took like all of about 5 minutes to be like if you just stick the word art in there, it opens up this whole can of worms that gives you purpose in life that, you know, is what we're trying to avoid losing here, mm-hmm. you know. Um we don't want to just throw away the whole history of what just happened at the warehouse and all these experiences that we had. Yeah. Um, and it was, it used to be a very exclusive place. You know, you were cool if you made it upstairs to the warehouse. And in this scenario, um, unlocking that gate and uh, letting everyone in and having, you know, this letting everyone have that experience, which is what downstairs was with the bands, but like have it upstairs because now Crankies was Crankies, you know. Yeah. Um so um and then uh that went swimmingly for uh almost 5 years and um then COVID um and uh, I I started hosting. Uh, all of a sudden, I had th- you know three months of bookings just canceled in mm. the matter of days, and I was like, "Oh, what do we do?" And I remember having a nurse. Oh, on occasion, nurses would call and ask if they could stay, travel nurses, mm. like three months, and I'm like, "Ah, no, we don't do that because we have art shows and people. You know, we just can't shut." heart down for that long um you can stay for like a week um but anyway it was like ding what about those nurses they must be needed in this situation and need a cool place to stay and so it turned into this sort of the warehouse nurse hotel for a while Wow! you know and it was you know cranky's was on lockdown they were trying the um and i and i say that because you know the the ownership was, you know, it's part of the building. It worked as a system, you know, so Crankies wasn't, like, a separate entity from upstairs. Um, the owners were the same, and so, you know, the bills still had to be paid and all of the things. So we were kind of riding a line, mm-hmm. I imagine. You know, and I don't... I wasn't involved in that part of it, but I do know that at some point, you know... Uh, what do you call them? Um... This appraiser came in. You know, people started coming in and with their clipboards and writing things down. I'm like, hmm, what's going on? And mm. then, you know, this sort of, I mean, just to sort of make it the easiest way to say it is just that the time had come to an end yeah. for the Warehouse Art Hotel. And I had two months maybe three, two, move out. And we're talking 20 years of, you know, and a full business of, you know, five, six beds and, you know, full rooms of, it's not just like an easy rider truck situation. And not knowing where I was going to go because I didn't really expect it. Um, But I was about five minutes away from, metaphorically from moving in with my aunt in Virginia on her horse farm. <laughs> mm. And she wanted to do a similar thing up there in Northern Virginia where craftsmen would, show, you know, we'd have quilts and, you know, yeah. kind of do the same thing. It didn't feel, it was a very scary time. I was putting it out there to other people like, do you have a building? Do you have a building? Do you have a building? Like I didn't want to stop doing cause it just seemed um, like a premature end we were at this level, uh, we had like the biggest art show ever the day before lockdown and Mm. the whole community showed up and it was this incredible photographer from New York and oh my gosh, it was like, oh, here we go, you know? And then just, um, and then I just, I get a phone call from, um, Mitchell um, you know mm-hmm. he's one of and he was friend Mitchell Britt and he he's friends with this guy Bryce Shearburn who back in the day I used to wait tables on with him, for him whatever it, so he used to come in for Sunday brunch at the Zevley house and I knew Bryce and Bryce was a hoot and I knew he owned real estate and buildings and he said I think I have something for you And we had a meeting and he gave me a tour of this building on green and apple. Um, and it was pretty run down and, um, but I immediately terrifyingly saw potential in it. Like, Mm. Oh God, here we go. And I was so exhausted. Like I put everything I'd already sold half of everything because I had a huge warehouse yard sale. Like, where everyone took all the best stuff, <laughs> and so I didn't know what I was going to do. But uh, it came together pretty quickly, and we're still uh, working on the upstairs. But the downstairs is completely done and has the solarium, which is this sort of alternative event space. It's an out, out perfect for the climate we're in right now. It's outside, and you know, and maybe we're not ready to be crammed into a gallery yet. I don't know. Like personally, me, I'm. I'm still baby steps with, you know, being in groups of people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still careful and, um, you know, try to watch myself. But, uh, we had, so the whole purpose behind it, the mission, I haven't forgotten this, (laughs) is the same as it was before. Just, it has less influence of like trying to relive this, uh, historical warehouse scenario and more about taking the part where um, we promote and sell artists and put art in front of eyes of people and lodging for art and art for lodging and you know um, this uh, and just bringing in some weird keeping Winston weird and all of those you know clever taglines that FuzzFest had which is great but um, yeah just like what can what what is this community what what hasn't Winston seen yet what has what do what do we need or mm-hmm. you know and kind of trying to do that um and it's slow going cuz i'm juggling we're still in the war you know it's just i can't wait for 5 years from now you know yeah when everything is running on all gears and has been figured out. And then I can spend all the time dreaming about like, who can we bring in? Who can we, you know, what can we offer? So, yeah, but we're doing what we can with what we have right now.
0: So, sure. Yeah. Well, cool. So that pretty much gets <laughs> us up to speed. Yeah. Uh, so Tess this- is
1: going to be mad because this isn't, we got more full moon festival, full moon festival. Yeah. <laughs> full moon festival, um, which is on September 10th between four and 10 PM. And if you're curious of what we've talked about, we're giving tours of the hotel um, cool. during that time also. And the solarium will be open and uh, there will be live music at the, public house next door um and all of this music actually is there are no bands it's just um singular oh cool you know i don't want to say singer songwriter but um you know there's kind of a art or there's kind of a a psych folk vibe to it like Mm. psychedelic folk um um, esoteric appalachian you know yeah i was looking through the list today
0: they all have a like a very different twist to them.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And I'm really actually pretty excited about that. And one of the reasons why we didn't have bands, and this is why in the future we want to do maybe two nights, you know, and have a vendor festival one, and then the next day all music. But it's really hard to combine the uh, full band and people trying to, you know, like have conversations about their work Mm -hmm. and their art the vendors while it's going on so just keeping that um one artist at a time is um probably is in experience a good thing because we've had the art marts at you know at the ramcat where we've had live bands like in there or at the warehouse we had our first one and it was just like way too loud to have like what did you say this was $20, $20, 30, <laughs> what is it made of? You know? um, so, yeah. yeah, so that's on purpose. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, it looked like a really interesting variety of music. I'm stoked about it. Good. Um, there's some projection involved and some weird yeah. cultural differences. Yeah,
1: that's going to be neat. Yeah. going will be like bird sounds and performance art. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm really excited about that. And that piece, I can't remember, no, no. Oh <laughs> we have the uh yeah. the press release pulled okay. up to... um but that'll be happening in the solarium that's the only show that's happening in the solarium because of our projector situation gotcha so everything else will be on the stage at public house and it's free to get into so you don't have to pay a cover charge to see it you just grab your drink and come out and enjoy the music
0: very cool and
1: then hop over to this and that in between, you know, so it's kind
0: of neat. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for um, yeah. for um like kind of, I don't know, going through the whole history of Winston cr- Cranky's stuff with me too because I like that's a, it's a really like what I've known. I mean, I've talked to Richard and Andy and mm-hmm. I've talked to, uh, you know, artists that have been around for a while, some not in Winston, but I've talked to a lot of people and it's sometimes I feel like I'm putting together just like a portrait of where exactly we are mm-hmm. and where exactly we're trying to go. Yeah. And the, where we are and where we've been portion is pretty important to me. Mm-hmm. Like the sort of documentation of an understanding of, of what all has taken place that has made Winston what it is now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's important. And I think the whole warehouse experience was super significant to all that. So thanks for walking me through. Sort yeah, of what And that I will was.
1: say, you know, uh, it was such a magical time and singular in itself. And I have no idea what Winston would look like had that not happened. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of people say that, you know, this is the reason, dot, 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 you know. And um, and the whole Phil Haynes aspect to it. I mean, there's so much. I've literally just spread a thin layer of butter on to what is in... An incredibly complex story of how it actually, you know. Yeah. But, and maybe that's for a future podcast or a little book. I mean, we've been talking about some kind of cool picture book about it. Um, but it was so cool. Like, yeah, nobody was downtown. If you can just picture that, like, nothing was downtown except the warehouse. Yeah. And people would come in from all over. To the only place to go would be to the warehouse to see some insanely incredible music, you know? And we didn't have the cell phones, you know? Yeah. The documentation of it is very thin, but what is out there is really good because it's on film cameras, and, you know, like some... It just seems like yesterday, and I can't believe I feel as, you know, old that so much time has passed, but... Um. yeah, it was a very special time for this city. And yeah, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. There, Like you just hinted at something that, that would be really interesting for me to run with. Like hmm. there is this story of the Arts Council and Haynes mm-hmm. and this decision mm-hmm. for UNCSA to come here and all this shit that was like a part of trying to make Winston into this artistic place that precedes like all of us, all mm-hmm. of the, all the, you know, everyman artist people. And then, you know, I, I think my perspective of it before, like when I was a kid, Richard was, when I was, when I say a kid, when I was like on the cusp of entering into downtown, Richard was already doing stuff downtown mm-hmm. and kind of participating in trying to revivify sort of the, the city. Uh, So I saw that there were, there was such a thing as art in Winston. And Mm -hmm. I think prior to that, I didn't know Mm -hmm. that. But it's, it's just interesting to me that all that groundwork was laid and it was basically dormant until this time period that Mm -hmm. Richard and the warehouse was Mm -hmm. pretty much deciding we're going to like fucking take it upon ourselves to do Mm -hmm. this shit. And that's, it's not like that was from the top down. It's not like a, it's not Mm -mm. like the state of North Carolina came in. It was like artists came in. Grassroots. Grassroots.
1: Uh, and I will say that I feel, again, I would be curious to... Because we always say, like, oh, we were the first here. But honestly, there's probably been so many variants of this that we don't even have knowledge of because mm-hmm. all those people have passed and there wasn't documentation of what kind of underground art scene... there. There are people that know about this stuff, and I am curious even to what connections those have made, some sort of, like, uh, arts family tree, as it were, of Winston-Salem would be really cool. That would be cool. To investigate. But Phil Haynes had a big part in, um, you know, he was influenced by the Hate ashbury scene. Um, I always thought of it like his family opened Haynes Mall or whatever, and then it stole downtown. And he spent his life dedicated to, like, like making it come coming back, you mm. know, and bringing the restaurants in and the restaurant rows and but he was a big fan of ours he We met up with him as a warehouse collective in San Francisco, where we got to have lunch with Lawrence Ferlinghetti, um and that's on film that's on the invisible States if mm. you go on the youtube movie um part but Uh, You know, we had a big fire at the warehouse at one point, and he and his assistant came in and just ripped everyone a new asshole and, you know, made us get a modicum bit more legitimized by putting in these insane, um, you know, fire strobe alarms, mm. you know, and making it, uh, just bat, batting the hatches, you know, and making everything a little tighter, because you used to read all these articles about these arts communities that would go up in flames, literally, because they had no, you know, so he really helped us, like, have, uh, you know, a connection with the fire department, not be these, like, you know, who are these weirdo, you know, <laughs> stuff like yeah. that, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, he never gave us money. I just have to say that. But he did, you know, kick us in the butt and introduce us, which he was uh, a genius at was the networking, you know, so introduce us to the people that can help us, you know, do certain things. So to get a little bit more.
0: um, Yeah, Yeah. here's a, a weird brain question for you that just came to mind. Looking at Winston and what it is like right now, is that experience like are you super thrilled to see that it's developed as much as it has? Or Ooh. is there a party that kind of misses that down home shit?
1: I mean, sure, I miss it, but I feel like this is everywhere. Like I'm having trouble seeing that this kind of development isn't happening all like it's cultural. Like mm-hmm. and it has everything to do with our computers and our things and da 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 da. da. Um at the same time, like the best thing i've always had the i like i'm a leaf on the creek you know and the a rock's coming and you just like divert but keep moving forward and not to get hung up on you know what was or what we can't do anymore you know but what can we do and what you know what actually like looking through what might be kind of painful and and seeing how that can um what we can take from, learn from and utilize. And now, you know, so like with technology, you know, how can, how can this make something better or what beyond, you know, I don't know. I'm basically saying like, there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) Yeah. And the best course of action is to just keep moving forward Yeah. and see what yeah, opportunities arise out of a new landscape. You know.
0: Um, yeah, I think. It, I mean, it truly is inevitable, and yeah. these patterns we can probably, I'm sure these patterns have been observed in in the U S. and in other in other parts of the world like before. Like what happens and how it mm-hmm. ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we have some variety. I mean, I think I do. I noticed too that there's like. I don't know. Sometimes it's like we can never be happy and and I get that. <laughs> I feel that way sometimes. Like I mean, I can give you a list of things that I wish were downtown that aren't or yeah. whatever and uh I can yeah, I could definitely give you a list of things that are downtown that I wish weren't, but <laughs> you know. Uh Yeah. Th- you know, there's, st- there's still on the positive side. There's a lot of variety downtown. Yeah. I think there's more economic stability than at yeah. least at least there was. I don't know what things are like now. I feel a little divorced from downtown now, but yeah. you know, we're just talk- talking about like what there is and not necessarily where we are economically, but um like where where we are nationally economically, yeah. I guess, but there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of people that have yeah. done a lot of interesting shit downtown and I'm glad for that.
1: Yeah. I think you should always complain. Like I think you should always question and um you know, say this is what I want? Why are you calling yourself the city of this or that when you don't have this or that or what you know? Yeah. Like, and then, and then at that point, you either like step to the back of the crowd or you step up and say, um, "Okay, I have this idea to you know bring this to you," or you know, I have I have the best time like um, trolling stuff downtown. Not trolling, but like personally, like. They'll hang a logo on the side of the building, and I'll be like, "That's crooked." Yeah, like you know, or those those rings that they put on the smokestacks, you know. Yeah. Um, Called rave bracelets, you know, or something, or gears and guitars, like really better than Ezra again, like, or you know, just you can just say all that stuff, and it's lots of fun. Actually, it lets it lets that you know. <laughs> it just releases it, but, um, yeah, but then at that point, like just don't let it eat you up because then it's you're not capable of if when that moment comes where you see an opportunity to actually you know offer something
0: you know, i don't know. I mean sort of the one but thing it, that eats yeah. me up mm-hmm. is when I'm at Bailey Park and that Deke Town thing yeah. <laughs> is across the corner from crankies yeah and that's i find that really insulting
1: it actually popped into my head when you said something to the effect of like not
0: happening? wanting things downtown. Not, things
1: that i don't want downtown yeah. <laughs> that was what popped into my head um and uh, and but we have you know artist michael schmidt or i think or is that his name Nicholas Schmidt, sorry, sorry, Nick. Oh, um, remember when he did that? Yeah. You know, he, as an artist, had a call and response to to that specifically, and and even though he got you know painted over, he got all this you know. So now it's in the cultural like milieu of yeah, yeah. So there are things that you know. As I mean, artists, you can, you have, you're, you're allowed to question stuff,
0: <laughs> sorta, yeah. And then they like push you off to the outskirts of town or whatever. And that yeah. was a beautiful story, regardless. Yeah. I'm glad that yeah. his piece still exists somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm glad that the artist mm-hmm. found a space for him. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I find it really insulting. Like given the conversation we've mm-hmm. just had and laid out, and all this shit that happened before Wake for, Like, and I'm not trying to cast shade. I, I have no sponsorship. I'm totally independent, so I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. Mm-hmm. But like, it's it's insulting knowing all the shit that was done by individuals in our community, mm-hmm. and this to me that statement that's on this fucking case for a dumpster is like we, like we invented Innovation Quarter, Wake Forest did it, and it's like <sighs> I find that really fucking gross. Yeah, yeah, because it's not what happened.
1: Yeah, it's erasing a whole history of everything i don't know
0: yeah then nothing can be done about it they've obviously got but i said to somebody the, the other
1: day innovation quarter to me feels like a bubble now like it's just its own entity you know it's its own town its own village its own part uh you head up a block like maybe start at the kempton you know or start at that parking garage right there you could even start at Crankies. i haven't been there in a while yeah. um but uh you know, c unfor- cranky's is trying so hard to like, you know or I don't know. It's still they're still like outsider, you know. They're yeah. still like they grew this crazy gardenscape of wildflowers and put a big giant uh you know, container in the parking lot <laughs> that they're like constantly it's still like you know, a little bit, uh, like probably an eyesore to something like Wake Forest. So hopefully so. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Got to keep that spirit alive. And I'd like the record to show as we promote your event that Mm -hmm. Haiti did not say anything mean (laughs) about anybody. Oh, only, only I did. Um,
1: And I, yeah, yeah, I'll be running for office. (laughs) (laughs) Vote for me.
0: (laughs) No. There's a lot of value to keeping that outsider shit alive, you know, mm-hmm. and it it moves yeah. it's moved all all sorts of different places uh, since the warehouse became crankies, I'm sure yeah. like I think I think Hoots has had some of that spirit, mm-hmm. um, I think the Black Lodge, which I never really participated in, but that was Whew. another thing, yeah, you know? it's amazing. That spirit has just kind of popped mm-hmm. up all over Winston, and mm-hmm. it stays alive, I guess yep.
1: yep. And these were all started by you know, warehousians, yeah. you know, which is kind of neat. Uh, n- no longer, but yeah. <laughs> right. But that's okay. Like, let's just keep, you know, we're, any second now we're going to die. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just do what we can. To...
0: I think that should be a t-shirt. Yeah. Any, second, any now second now we're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want us to end on on a full moon note. Okay, great, yeah. uh, Food. I don't know if we've talked about the food.
1: So we have uh, El Burrito Bueno. Uh, We have Sweetheart Pizza. Uh, We have Acadia Foods. Um, I'm very excited to announce that we are also hosting the very famous Mary Hagland is coming to our event from uh, Mary's Gourmet, Mary's of course. M- Mary's of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gourmet Cafe. And she'll be serving uh, snacks. Like a pimento cheese and her famous salsa with chips and stuff. So she will be there. Uh, we're still working on what's happening in the solarium as far as um, like a little adult bar hangout there. Um, so I don't want to announce it. I wish I could, but I'm kind of figuring it out. Um, but there will be something cool in there. Uh, but I think we did have... Yeah, I think that's it. We had two people that had to back out that I was really excited about, but mm-hmm. I mean, I will say that we had nasty dogs because I'm just going to promote them anyway. Okay. Uh, and we had um, uh, Native Root, which oh, is yeah. one of my favorite. Jordan. She's like, um, she they she has food. She makes. Every Thursday at uh, the public house and uh, it smells so good and it's so good. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to go ahead and say those. But they're not going to be at the festival. So,
0: yeah, still friends though.
1: Yeah. But anyway, so that's what we have. We have pizza and burritos and maybe some cool curry or something from Katie Foods. I don't know. And snacks from Mary Haglund. So,
0: that's amazing. Yeah. So, we got food covered, we got music going on. Yeah. And then you got a variety of different uh, different artists that are going to yeah. be featured. That-
1: and the best way to kind of peruse and we're doing vendor highlights every day. So on Instagram, Full Moon Festival NC Instagram, um, you can see uh, all the you know lists and multiple pictures of who's there. There's a website too, but I think the Instagram is more. Um, concise it has yeah yeah more people
0: use Mm -hmm. instagram every day yeah and you can
1: just click on that and then see their whole history if if something catches your eye so yeah
0: yeah awesome perfect well great um i hope that i hope it's an awesome time and i hope that there'll be years and years of these
1: i hope so too i hope so too thanks tyler thank you
0: thank you for coming over for it was
1: fun thanks all right sweet i got. she did good yeah she did